And so part of what he's addressing here is this struggle we have to, to, to believe that we're Christians, to know that we're Christians, and to, to hear the right voices that are speaking to us. Um, because that voice of shame comes into our lives, comes into our, our consciousness in a variety of ways. And he's been addressing it all along here. He's not just made one anchor to our souls in a sense. And he's put these six anchors together that are all in Christ. They're all based on what Christ has done for us and who Christ is and what he's accomplished for us. But th- they come in. And so like the first one, I am chosen, is, is, is really kind of geared to, to, to touch the, the voice that says, nobody cares about me. Nobody cares. And Paul says, God chose us from the foundation of the world. That is, he, 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 he wanted us. He pulled us to himself, in a sense. He wants to have a relationship with us. The, the next one there is, we're adopted as an heir. And another voice that comes in says that we don't have a future, right? That, that, like, there's nothing good ahead for me. There's nothing good that I can look forward to. And when we're adopted as an heir, then we have this inheritance, this, this plan that God has put into our lives. Another one that comes, right? We all think it to ourselves at various points in time I can't make up for my mistakes. There's just too much wrong here. There's too many problems. I can't make it better. And again, Paul says that we are redeemed in Christ, bought out of the slave market of sin, that the mistakes we made can be redeemed and and the evil that has been accomplished in our lives and through our lives can can be overcome because of what Christ has done for us and what he plans to do in our lives. Another one that comes to mind is nobody lets me know what's going on, right? When we feel like uh, no one even cared to let me know what the plan was, whether it was for the day or the year. And here Paul says that we have been made in the know. God has made known to us his plan for all of history and then as we come to the end here, he say, again, he says, we are becoming to the praise of his glory. Notice again, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11, it says, In him also you have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. He's saying here, that voice that says, I, I, I can't make anything better. I'm not good for anyone. I can't help anyone out. No, you are becoming to the praise of his glory. You're becoming praiseworthy. God has a plan to use you to do good in other people's lives. And today we come to the last one. The one that's kind of like, it can be all taken away. Because I don't really belong. I kind of have this stuff. You're saying, Pastor Will, you're like, I'm chosen, I'm redeemed. Uh, but it can be all taken away. I, I mean, I, I don't really belong here. <laughs> I could lose it all. And here we have Paul saying to us in verse 13, In him you also trusted, that is in Christ you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, 
who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. And what Paul wants to, in a sense, seal the whole thing up by saying, hey, no, you've been sealed, you've been, you've been declared to be his. And so this morning we want to look at the fact that God has sealed us. And again, I don't have my clicker. Guys, you're going to have to follow along with me, just like you had to do for her. Um, uh, so... The, the first point here is that God has sealed us, that he has made us his. And, and just to kind of illustrate this a little bit, I asked Kieran to come up and help me out. Is Kieran here? Kieran is here. Come on, Kieran, help me out here, buddy. All right. We're going to talk about what it means to be sealed. All right, so I'm going to like this. You, so you got a choice. you got gold or silver. Which one do you want? Gold, gold of course. That's good. Okay, you hold that. Okay, I'm going to light this, and then I'm going to light that, okay? And then you're going to hold it right here and let it drip right there. Does that make sense? Can you do that? Yep, the wax is going to drip right there. Can you do that? All right, here we go. Right. Got it? Okay, Ooh, no. <laughs> Blew too hard. Got both of them at one time. That was good, huh? Okay, so you're going to hold it right there. Okay, so when, what they used to do, here, hold it so it drips, so it kind of tilts down there, so it drips away from you. Okay, got it? Okay. Oop. Yeah, yeah, go, go. It's still burning. Okay. So, so what they used to do, right, is uh, to declare ownership of something, to, to declare that, that something was protected, owned, they would, they would drip wax on it, and then they'd stamp it with a seal, like to say it was theirs. Right? Remember, it says in the, in the, when Jesus was crucified, they, they stamped the, the, the tomb with a seal to say it was somebody's, right? It's kind of like, have you, do you have Legos? Yeah, I do. You have Legos? Yeah, that's good. Do you, do, you, do you know where every piece is? Not always. Not always, yeah, that's right. And especially the little small ones, right? Like, there's like, use your mom sometimes, suck them up in the vacuum cleaner, like, it's like they're no, gone. You know how that happened? You're, you're a smart kid then. So like our kids, they just, they just like, disappear because they like, go, get sucked up in the, in the vacuum cleaner and then they're just gone. So my kids, what they do when, they, when they're, something's really important, they, they, they write their name on something, right? To say, this is mine and I'm going to try to keep track of it. Do you ever do that? No, I don't. No, don't do that. Not in your favorite stuff? How's it going? It's coming slowly but surely. Keep going. So, so this ceiling is like that. It's like God stamps us with, with that sense of ownership that we're his. Make sense? So then everyone knows, and God himself knows, like, I know where this is at. I know it's mine. I'm going to protect it and keep track of it. Does that make sense? Okay, I think we got enough, maybe. I'm going to try this. So, blow, okay, blow it out for me. Oops, yeah, that, that did the trick too. Okay. So you're going to take this, you're going to push it down into the wax and hold it for a second so it, gets, so it cools down, all right? Hold for a second. All right, see if it comes up. Uh, let it, okay, not quite, not quite cold enough yet. It's got to cool down. All right, now try again. Yeah, keep it, keep it, keep it. Got it, good job. Pretty cool, huh? 
Okay, you can keep that. All right. Give Garen a hand for helping me out there. So here, so here Paul is saying that he's sealed us, right? It's, it's like he, he wants to keep track of us. He wants to know that we're his. He wants everyone else to know that we're his. And so Paul says he sealed us, right? Ephesians chapter 1 again, what does it say? It says, in him you also. Now here, he switches from we. He's been saying we, 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 we all the way through Ephesians chapter 1. Here he says you. And part of it, I think, is because he's in the last the last verses, he's emphasized God's sovereignty in what he's planning to do with us, but we do have a part to play. We're involved in this process of salvation, and here Paul wants to remind them of what's happened in their lives, and he says, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed. So there's two Two, in a sense, two participles here that describe that what happened in our lives. We heard and we believed. And at the same time as those were going on, as we heard about the gospel, what Christ had done for us on the cross, the fact that he loved us enough to go to the cross, die for our sins, rise again, and he wants to give us eternal life as a free gift that all we have to do is believe in what Christ has done for us. We don't have to like donate $10,000 or make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem or, or be a part of a certain organization. No, we just have to believe in what Christ has done for us. Then we are, got, Paul says here, in, in the midst of us hearing and believing, we're doing these things. In the midst of those things, God is sealing us. He's making us his. He stamps his his. His personal stamp of ownership upon us. So that we are his. That no one can, in a sense, make us someone else's. Own us. Because God owns us. Not only that, but that seal is, it says here, the promised Holy Spirit. That seal is not just some wax seal, it's the promised Holy Spirit, which gets us to point number two, that he guarantees our inheritance. He guarantees our inheritance. Notice again what it says, Ephesians chapter 1. Who is the guarantee, verse 14, of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So we're sealed with the Holy, the Holy Spirit of promise, or the promised Holy Spirit. Christ, before he left, right, John 14 through 16 talks about this extensively. He says, I'm, I'm going, but I need to go so that I can send the Holy Spirit. You're actually better off if I send the Holy Spirit. So he's promised that Holy Spirit from himself, and that, that, that Holy Spirit is coming but what is he doing here? He's, he's, he's a stamp of ownership upon our lives, a stamp of protection on our lives. Romans 8 puts it this way, For you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So, so one of the primary things the Holy Spirit is doing by sealing us is saying, you belong, you, you're, you're owned, you're, you're part of this. This is not something that can be broken. This is not something that, that you can, you can get, get ripped away from, but you are God's. He is your Father. 
This relationship is real. It's permanent. And it's valuable. And so the Holy Spirit is doing that in our lives. He guarantees it. Now the word here for guarantee is like the word for... Uh, we, we use it a couple different ways in... In our culture, it's the word for down payment. It's one of the words that's kind of the word for down payment, right? That, uh, right, when you go to buy a house, it's that, when, when I first bought a house, they let you, you pay 8% down, right? You know, like, oh, I, you know, we know you don't have hardly any money at all, but uh, we'll let you put 8% down in hopes that you can pay the other 92% off eventually. Um, and, and, and then they had some problems with mortgages, right? And so now it's much more like you got to get 20% or you're in trouble, right? Um, and, and here, but you make that down payment. Once you make that down payment, it's, it's the person's. It's like you owned this, this house. They owned it. Now you own it, but you're, it's a, it's, it's their money. You can't get it back. Uh, I don't really want the house anymore. I want my money back. Nope. It's, it's too late for that once you make the down payment, right? The other, the other picture here is, uh, it's, frankly, it's a picture of an engagement ring, right? It's that picture of we're, we're going to seal this relationship. It's going to be, it's going to have this glorious beauty and wonder to it. But before we do that, there's the promise of this relationship, and it's this. It's the ring, right? And it's, when I got engaged, you know, you're like trying to save up money and save up money. And they, like the standard was like make, get two, two or three months of, you know, of your job, you know, of, your, of whatever you can, money you can make in order to, to, to buy a ring. I mean, it's kind of like, so I, I saved up $1,200 that could tell you about how much I was making at the time. Not very much money a month, you know. And I went out and I was like, but it was, it was important to me, right? Like you're, you pick out the right ring and you go through this intricate process to make sure it's got the right color and it's the right size and all those things. You think through every single detail. Why? Because you want that ring to be perfect in a sense, right? Before you give it away. So here... The Holy Spirit is that engagement ring of future relationship, of future wonder and awe and beauty. And the amazing thing to think about is it's the Holy Spirit that he gives you as that guarantee. This isn't like, okay, once you get saved, all of a sudden $10,000 appears in your, in your bank account. Wow, I got saved. $10, uh, what do I do with the $10,000? I don't spend it. Whew, it's gone. Okay. No, it's the Holy Spirit. It's, it's a person who comes into your life and is a part of your life. And it's not just a person, right? It's the person who is involved from creation, right? Genesis 1-2, the Holy Spirit moved on the face of the waters. So the, the person that was involved in galaxies being formed... In the universe starting, in the expanse of light years and light years of stars and power and mystery is the person that's now in your life, permanently a part of your life. 
And not only that, but for God to, to break this relationship then, to, to break the seal and say, I don't really, I, you know what, I, I changed my mind. <laughs> I don't really want you in heaven. <laughs> I, I don't really want you, you, you can go do what you want. For God to do that, he would have to break the Trinity apart. Because the Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity from before the foundation of the world. For God to break that seal would mean that he would have to break himself apart. That is a guarantee. That is a guarantee better than any down payment. That is a guarantee better than any guarantee you can get in this world, right? Because it's a permanent, unconditional, valuable guarantee that God owns you. He's not going to forget you. And his inheritance, the plan that he has for you, he will complete. It will be finished. And so that voice that comes into you that says, you don't belong, you don't matter, <laughs> you, there's nothing, you, what good can you bring to this situation? That voice is totally incorrect because you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You, you are part of God's plan, you are his child, and he wants to use you in a variety of ways to do good in your life and through your life, because you are sealed. You, if you're believing in Christ, you are more a vital part of creation and God's plan than anything you can imagine. I was driving with my son Judson up to a soccer game yesterday, and, and he likes to play Minecraft, and he, I tend not to talk too much on the drive. I'm constantly driving, but at some point in the drive, he's like, man, I don't know what to talk about because Judson just loves to talk. You know what I mean? This is good. I thought, let's talk, Jud. I know what you like. So I was like, Minecraft. I know you like to talk Minecraft. What do you think about the new, you know, 1.18, you know, coming out? Let's, He's, so we talked about that a little bit. He's like, but you know what I love? I, I love g going into my world and just knowing I'm rich in my world. Like, it's un I'm unfathomable. You don't even know how much riches I have. I just show up in my world, and I'm rich. And we laugh at that because, you know, Minecraft is just imaginary. It's imaginary riches. But having the Holy Spirit as a guarantee is than having a billion dollars in actual money. Do you get that? Even if you were a billionaire, you wouldn't have the riches you have in being sealed with the Holy Spirit. Because it's God, active, personal, caring, involved in your life. And this guarantees our inheritance. Inheritance is far more valuable than a billion or a trillion dollars.
This is who you have in your life once you trust in Jesus Christ. And if you have not done that, again, it's as simple as Romans 10, 13 says it very clearly. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever is pretty blanket, unconditional, right? Whoever. If you haven't done that, all you have to do is ask. Acknowledging that you need Christ (laughs) to rescue you from sin and death. To deliver you into his kingdom. And you will be sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now how how do we live that out? Because again... It's, it's easy to think that. It's harder to live this way, right? We, it, it's not something you can just tell yourself, like, you belong, you belong, you belong. You should just believe that you belong, <laughs> and, 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 and everything will be okay. No, you have to, this is something you have to live more than just tell yourself. So how do you live this way? How do you live in the Spirit? Well, one of the key things is even two things, actually, out of Ephesians. The last one, Ephesians chapter 6. You can turn to Ephesians chapter 6. It might be on the screen up there. We need to live in the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 17. Actually, go to the next one. I think I put them in reverse order. Yeah, there we go. Ephesians verses 6, 6 verses 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Next verse praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. How do we live in the Spirit? We read the Word of God and we pray. We read the Word of God and we pray. Do you want to know that you belong? (laughs) Read the Word and pray. And especially, he emphasizes prayer. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 8, tells us, prays for us. So we're just, and he, 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 we're just operating in the life of the Spirit when we pray. You know what, there's nothing so true as feeling like you belong when you, be, when you say, you know what, I am a child of God, so I'm going to pray to God and ask him for things. I'm going to pray to God and thank him for things. You know, there's something so amazing about that. But just, if you're going to live in the Spirit, you should be praying. <laughs> That's what we do. If we're believers, it's just, it's just part of who we are. Praying at all times. With all supplication. Ask. Paul is saying. Ask. Why? Because you, are, you belong. You're a part of this. God is at work in you. And God is at work through you. So ask. Pray. The other thing that he talks about here in relation to the Spirit is in Ephesians chapter 4. If you back up Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So again, he brings up the fact, hey, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, so don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, see, well, how do I not grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, he's just told you how to not grieve the Holy Spirit when he says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. How do those two things go together? Well, if the Holy Spirit is seeking to tell believers, you belong, you're a part of this, I'm at work in you, this is, this is, this is good, we're, we're working together in this, and then we as believers speak to one another and we're like, hey, you don't belong unless you do X, Y, and Z for me, right? 
Or you don't belong unless you do. We do that sometimes, don't we? We corrupt one another. Not, not, by, not by necessarily saying you're a horrible person to one another, right? But what we do is we say, man, God won't love you unless, or I won't love you unless. And, and instead of speaking grace to one another and speaking to build up one another, we instead say to one another, man, I need you to do this, or I'm out of here. And you can see how that would grieve the Holy Spirit, right? Because he's sending the message to us consistently, hey, you're a part of this. You get to cry out to the God, the God of the universe, Abba, Father, you're part of this. You're part of this family. And we instead turn around to them and like, no, you're not unless you do X, Y, and Z. <laughs> no, you're not unless, unless you meet my standards. No, you're not because I see something in your life that doesn't measure up. And so we need to live in the Spirit by speaking grace to build one another up, to remind one another that we belong. To remind one another, you know what? God is at work in your life. To remind one another, hey, God loves you. This doesn't mean that we don't confront sin, that we don't say, hey, there's a, I think there's a problem here. It's not that we don't confront those issues, but we confront those issues in such a way to say, that says, hey, I believe you belong because God is at work in your life. But God might be working on this right now. Let's talk about that. <laughs> what would it mean for the Holy Spirit to help you in this area? What would it mean for you to trust God more as you seek to do this or get this out of your life. You see the difference in approach? If we speak grace to one another, if we speak that sense of, hey, we belong in this together, now let's talk as if that's true and let's act based on the fact that it's true. Right? He goes on to say, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. It's no surprise that to live in the Spirit means that we speak to one another in certain ways because the Holy Spirit is speaking to us through God's Word. <laughs> and what we speak as a result shows how we live in the Spirit how we walk in the Spirit. And so, we have this treasure, right? We have this treasure, in, as Paul says, in jars of clay. It's not about me measuring up. It's not about my performance. It's not about what I've done. I mean, even here, as he, as he, as he talks about our salvation, he emphasizes not what we did. He emphasizes what God did. God sealed us with the Holy Spirit. So if God is at work in our lives, 
Why are we caught up with our performance and others' performance? Not that we don't have to deal with our performance and other performance, but we, we measure ourselves by our performance. We measure ourselves by what we can achieve rather than measuring ourselves by God's love for us, by understanding his, the depth and the breadth and the height of God's love for us. Because God has chosen us. He has sealed us. We are his. And yes, we can go through dark times and difficult times and and times of suffering, but that doesn't mean that we're not his. And that God isn't using that for a specific purpose to glorify himself and to make us praiseworthy of his glory. To do good in dark, dark situations. So, one last way we walk and live in the Spirit is to serve one another. Galatians says, right, the whole application of Galatians is, if the gospel is true, then walk in the Spirit. And how do we walk in the Spirit? Love one another. Love one another. So, if you're sealed this week, can you pray and remind yourself, <laughs> I'm a part of this? Can you, can you speak grace to someone around you, reminding them that they belong to Christ, that God is at work in their lives, that God's grace is active in them? And then, can you serve? Now, Coincidentally enough, we didn't plan this, but we are having a ministry fair. So if you're looking for ways to serve, we're going to end the service a little early. Not that early, but we're a little early. And uh, in the back, in the, in the auditorium, there's just some tables, different ministries, things that are going on. Maybe you want to come and, and talk to Wings of Refuge and say, how can I serve? What can, how can I get involved? But, but to live in the Spirit is to serve. And so we want to encourage you to serve as God has blessed you and given you opportunity to do so. So um, that's, you can do that, and, and we'll talk about that at the end of the service. But my point this morning is God has sealed you. He has written his name on your hearts. You are his. And he sealed that, not with just some pen, he sealed that with the Holy Spirit himself, active, involved in your life, permanently, forever, as a down payment or engagement ring of the fact that God is going to complete his work in you. That the good works that he has planned for you to do, he will help you accomplish. So let us live in the Spirit. Let us walk in the Spirit, and let us speak grace to one another and pray because we are in the Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that you are active, that you saved us, and that you didn't let that be a mistake or something that could fall away or get broken, but you sealed us with the Holy Spirit. And Lord, there is that voice that comes in when we feel pressure, when we feel inadequate, that says, you don't belong. What good can you do? Maybe all the good things you have will get taken away. Thank you for the reminder from your word that we are sealed, that we are yours. 
and that the Holy Spirit is that guarantee that you will never leave us or forsake us. We thank you in your son's name. Amen.